0: Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode ninety-five for Tuesday, February 9th. I'm Alex Uy here today with Alex Rudy and Ray Estrada. How are you guys doing?
1: Quite well. Pretty one so meh,
0: meh. You're not, not a fan. I, I take it. Uh,
1: yeah. I, no, <laughs> I also, didn't, I also didn't play too well in golf today
0: oh I'm, I'm sorry to hear that 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 is i i genuinely am sorry about that the super bowl eh, whatever I, I, I heard the game wasn't very good i didn't even watch much of it but uh, i think the important question to ask uh you know after super bowl sunday and in any year is like what were, what were your favorite commercials from uh from the big day you guys have favorites i think
2: my favorite was the uber eats uh wayne's world cardi b commercial to be honest
1: yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. I liked the I like the Jason Alexander tied uh, commercial, the Jason Alexander hoodie.
0: Interesting. That didn't that didn't land for me at all. Interesting. What about you? Um, I don't know. I I was mentioning this before, but I did not watch the game live really much. I I did for a little bit, but you know me, I'm in my uh, burning indifference towards towards football. So uh, so you? But I did. I so I saw the State that. Farm. I saw like the State Farm commercial uh with the with the yeah. uh the doubles that they uh, had Drake
1: from State Farm.
0: Yeah, Drake from State Farm whatever. the the Paul Rudd the Paul Rudd part made me chuckle. But uh yeah, just... I heard your favorite was uh the oat milk one. Well, I uh, well, <laughs> you're going to have to help me with that one or maybe maybe
1: nope. maybe not. Okay. The CEO paid like 8 million dollars or whatever it costs to have a Super Bowl ad to sing poorly in a field about his oat milk see that sounds amazing that
0: sounds like something i would absolutely love actually no it, no no <laughs> no it's like so it's like it's not bad enough to where it's it's like comically bad it's just like uncomfortably no, bad no because i don't know if he's trying to be that bad oh okay yeah then then that's not great but uh yeah super bowl commercials aside uh that means it is baseball season once once super bowl sunday passes it is baseball season right is, is that how that works Nobody's playing yes. baseball yet, though. Uh, but it is baseball season. Hopefully, hopefully we get to to do all all the baseball season on the right schedule. I think there are going to be some updates about the uh, health and safety protocols for this season and potential schedule and uh, you know, like uh, playing changes that you know that they had last year. They're going to reevaluate those, and apparently there will be updates soon. Uh, but that's really new, so we're not going to talk about it. I don't really know anything. We're mostly going to talk about the big signing, the big one that has been talked about the entire offseason and to the point where a lot of people are like, all right, we get it already, Trevor Bauer. We, we know. We, we, we know it's a, big, it's a big decision that you're going to make, but can you please just make it? He made it uh, in a really weird series of events and how it was reported. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all that to start. Uh, and then everything else is just straight up bizarre. A lot of the other moves that, that have been made in the last week, I don't really know how to explain. Uh, it's been a weird off season, but let's go. Let's, let's start. Uh, so Trevor Bauer, he is a Dodger and I want to hear from Ray what his reaction is to getting the marquee starter of the off season for a team that was already just stupid stacked.
1: The baseball part of me is excited. But, like, I was kind of over the whole Bauer thing because I felt it was really drawn out and, like, I don't know. It, it didn't really – I don't want to say sit well, but, like, it just kind of annoyed me. He um, irks you. He, he he irks you. I know he does. He does. But, like, I, like, I was a fan of him before this and i know he has some like questionable like stuff in it like in terms of what he says and stuff but like i didn't mind him being an asshole kind of like that but like when it came down to it like his market didn't shift much in the past 3 weeks of his free agency and they were really kind of drawing it out and just like any report that came about his asks they just shot down and belittled and i don't know it got just it it all just played out too. uh too i don't know youtube drama for me yeah that i
0: that's something that i've been talking about throughout the off season like i was convinced and you know, might be right to some extent that he had never planned to sign early in the off season just so he could take advantage of this uh this whole situation and, and build his media brand as much as possible and keep releasing videos and vlogs about uh being a free agent during the MLB offseason they're like pretty entertaining videos if you watch them they're they're well made um he's pretty transparent about things uh you know compared to how uh probably a lot of like daily or day in the life type of vlog content is out there but at the same time like you said the market wasn't really changing much for him it's uh it's it's just a really weird way that it unfolded, especially the last couple days, Rudy, which I'll ask you about too, where Mets yes. fans just absolutely got baited by, not by Bauer, maybe a little bit by Bauer, but more by uh, Bob Nightingale, who's, who's surprised at this point. So uh, Rudy, if you wouldn't mind just giving like the brief summary of the, uh, the, the tweets and um, like announcements that had come out, in the timeline of that, and just how messed up it all was, just if you could shed some light.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure I have any more detail on top of. It. I mean, isn't it just what you explained? I mean, basically, Bob Nightingale said that the Mets had a uh, you know agreed to terms with Bauer, and then 24 hours later, that proved to be completely false, and now he's apologized and said that he was wrong to say that and it was premature. And uh, that was, of his, like, third false report or something this offseason so far. Yeesh. So the state of baseball, you know, hot still reporting is quickly reaching, like, European levels of fake transfer news. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to be honest. I, I'm going to have my – I just really going to go with this. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Because I felt Mets fans were starting to get feel very, like act very entitled to getting Bauer, because then they now have a sugar daddy, and I kind of enjoyed them getting spurned. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're getting free. So I I didn't mind. They they their their sense of like deserving a uh, Cy Young pitcher was was uh, I was kind of sick of it. And also considering the recent like, uh, you know. Uh, organizational issues if you don't have to go into
1: mm-hmm.
2: i, I kind of i was kind of enjoying the nightingale uh torture that he committed on that <laughs> so.
1: uh, also apper- apparently too though uh i saw that sandy alderson said that he had never gotten like that close with the free agent before and had them not signed so i don't know what bauer was telling them i don't know what was like, asking I- about
2: I know you're just quoting it, but like that, this doesn't make sense. Like that line, like it's you either sign them or you don't. I don't even understand that.
1: But it was close. I mean, it was close on their side. Had indicators yeah. that he was like pretty comfortable with what the Mets were offering. Was probably gonna sign, and then like probably made it sound like yeah he's coming here. And then like all of a sudden, you know, maybe that's why Nightingale got a bad report that they had a deal, and then all of a sudden Bauer turned around. Maybe the Dodgers upped their offer after that report got uh busted but yeah sounds
2: like a lot of ass covering to me
0: yeah and if and if i yeah I'm remembering correctly I, I think you had said it was like the next day it was corrected i'm pretty sure it was corrected like almost like, immediately on twitter
1: almost bit by mark finison yeah
0: yeah oh. like it was it was really really
1: quick it was like yeah. um uh, you yeah, know the, the Dodgers have it our Mets have a, Bauer, Mets have a Mets, deal to there is no deal in place to then 24 hours later Bauer signs to the Dodgers
0: I believe no I th- so I think it was the same day actually that Trevor Bauer so uh, another thing you know of course with his uh with his brand and, and how all this unfolded of course he's going to make his announcement video to to put all rumors or false reporting to rest so that's what he did he, he uploaded a video um you know later that same day with the uh bob nightingale and then i believe john Heyman was the first person to actually report it correctly to the dodgers and then um yeah and then bauer uploaded his uh his announcement video and you know tried to try to capture the uh dramatic and uh, poetic nature of of baseball and and the weight of the decision and yeah i don't know It, (laughs) it was a cool video like from a from a technical standpoint but uh yeah i think most people just clicked clicked through to the end to see what I mean uniform he, he was wearing
1: an hour on uh, on ESPN to do it so cool
0: yeah there he, he's he's making videos for, for the modern sports fan that who doesn't have an hour to sit sit and watch ESPN uh a la LeBron James so maybe we should talk about the actual contract now we, we we've talked a lot about the leading up to the decision and how it was reported but this man's making a lot of money in a pretty unconventional way. He signed a 3-year, 102 million dollar deal with opt-outs each year, and this season is going to be making 40 million dollars, which is a lot of money. He's a, he's a really good pitcher, you could argue is it worth it or not? Like that's that's kind of beside the point. Clearly somebody, you know, one of these these teams with a lot of money was willing to pay him about that much. Uh, next year he will be making forty five million if he opts into that, and then the third year, uh, it's whatever the remainder is. You know, considerably less than that. But um, yeah, really weird deal all around. So I, I I don't even know. Like, what what is the first question you ask to something is like, what is this? Like, what what is what is he doing? I have a question. Yeah. I'm
2: not quite, to be clear before I say this, I'm not saying this isn't a good deal or I don't support it or I don't think it makes sense for the Dodgers at all. But I do think it's worth asking how good Trevor Bauer really is and should he be really treated like, like, I feel like he's been put on this pedestal that I don't know if I'm totally convinced he deserved. And I feel like everyone just started saying it and just kind of accepted as fact because everyone repeated it. I just have to say he's only had like a year and a half of like ace level production. I, and I'm not saying it's on the talent or the ability to keep that up. I'm not saying it's not sustainable. I'm not saying he isn't legit real or, or anything, but I do think, I don't know if I've ever seen someone like gain this level of like respect, I guess, and acclamation through like so little actual performance um it's kind of it really kind of shows you actually how his cult of personality helps his brand and his find his pocket a lot in practice because i think his outsized personality actually helps people overestimate
0: his actual work of ace uh production no that's a really fair point and yeah after after all the confusion about the deal itself the the next bit of confusion was like why is he making this much money and and basically like what it what it comes down to is this is this is what the teams were willing to pay him like he is the only pitcher of this caliber that you would be able to get whatever caliber that may be like he's he's well beyond the next best option and there's teams that need that desperately needed pitching well, not that that say the Dodgers desperately needed pitching, but like <laughs> that's 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 what it was gonna be. It, that's what the market looked like for him. Um, but I guess yeah, like the next the next question, or I guess I'll, I'll see if you can answer it a little better, Ray. Um, with what Rudy's asking is like, why is Trevor Bauer so highly touted um, despite not having the results of of other players making, you know, record-breaking
1: annual value type of contracts. Yeah, I think I think, a lot of it is the market, uh, him being basically the only quality, um, like, free agent on the market uh, since, like, who would have been number two? Strowman, and he accepted the qualifying offer. Uh, so... I think that definitely helped him. And I think, you know, teams or at least the Dodgers in recent years, went with the whole Harper and I think uh like even like Machado and stuff like that, they offered short they offered Harper like forty five million dollars a year for like a four year contract. Um I think that's just the kind of the way that if you're gonna sign a guy to a short term deal, make the total a little higher so you up your a A V, but it's not you're not locked in long term to like say thirty million over six, um. And I think, yeah, but I mean they signed him to essentially, if he opts out after two, it's a two year eighty five million dollar deal, and then if he goes that extra third year, then he's pretty cheap that year. Uh, so it's, kind of just like the Dodgers what they did as compared to the Mets. It's less total, but he's gonna get paid sooner, so. I think that really appealed to him, and I think that's why he signed that contract. And the Dodgers have the financial mm-hmm. flexibility. Now they may salary dump some stuff. They may defer some of that money to stay under you know, one of the higher thresholds of the luxury tax, but um, I think that they have the willingness to do that. They need to extend Seager, Bueller, and Bellinger in the next couple of years, so we'll see what happens.
2: You know what, though? That makes me think of two things. And just to add on to that, that I think it's interesting. One is that, like, Stroman's another guy who, like, once again, he's not the same caliber even, but, like, that's another guy who, like, really is never produced to, like, his reputation. It's, like, it's interesting for a sport that is, like, so – and that's, once again, not to say Stroman isn't a really good pitcher, but for a sport that's so obsessed with, like, stats and analytics, it's interesting how, like, I think – Harper was another guy, kind of, too. Like, some guys, like, transcend maybe their actual value through, like, the reputations they develop. That still exists. All I'm trying to say is, like, we don't, Regardless, and I think, you know, the moves we're about to get over later probably also adds on to this. I think it's interesting that despite baseball being something that I feel like a lot of detractors degrade just being, like, math and nothing else at this point, there's clearly a lot of, like, moves that teams make that, there's intrinsic value that doesn't show up as clearly in at least the most basic public stats. And the other thing I just think is um, interesting about this is that I think Bauer, uh, a lot of people questioned his like decisions to take like a lot of one year deals before this um, and kind of avoid a a, a long-term commitment, whether it be accepting extension offers or the like. And he clearly played it perfectly as you just laid out, Ray, because he ended up entering free agency in a, Completely empty f- pool of comparable players off of his best season, and he got paid handsomely and rewarded as a result of it. I mean, if you know, he's definitely a controversial guy and he's far from perfect, but there, if you're going to give him credit for anything, it's him and his agent pulling that off. That's a masterful stroke of timing,
0: yeah, definitely. And it does seem like a match made in heaven, especially with the points that you brought up, Ray, about the reported history of the Dodgers approach to signing high-end free agents. Um, you, you know, I kind of forgotten about that, but as you bring it up, like that's, that is something that I hadn't really thought about before um, in terms of their willingness to make these unorthodox, high you know average annual value type of deals. But really at the end of the day, you're only committing $102 million dollars to trevor bauer and, that, and that's it it's just in a much shorter over window three
1: years maximum
0: yeah and in that in in a lot of ways that offers more flexibility than if you signed uh you know somebody to a to a seven-year deal of of the same similarly you know of the same type of uh value like total value because then who knows what happens four years from now um, and what your team will look like and the way that you want to allocate those those resources. Like, you're you're going to be on the hook for those years in a more traditional con- contract versus a deal like this. Like, you're pretty confident that you'll get pretty at least pretty close to what Trevor Bauer is right now over these next two seasons, and you don't have to worry about what will Trevor Bauer... Be pitching like down the road as he enters his mid thirties. Uh, in a lot of the questions that you that you always see with longer term deals, uh, I I'm really interested to see how when Bauer's career is all said and done, he ends up faring with this short term deal approach to free agency that he's always had. He ended up signing a three year deal. But like I said, opt-outs after every year. He is clearly a man who wants to bet on himself, uh, year to year, and, and make as much money as possible. Um, as as it goes, it, it's. I don't I don't know if it's the, <laughs> if it's the smartest thing to do, uh. But I guess I guess we'll so, just have to so, wait and see.
1: So if if he opts out after one year, does he not get shot in the nuts?
0: Ooh, that's a good point. So for anybody who doesn't know, uh, apparently he made it bet with a friend of his like publicly made a bet saying that if he he ever signs more than a a one-year deal uh this particular friend gets to shoot him in the nuts with a bb gun so paintball paintball paintball? oh i mean
1: yeah paintball gun
0: pretty pretty comparably painful i'm sure yeah so that'll be an interesting youtube video to watch whenever that happens (laughs) but uh yeah, maybe maybe that is a, uh, a stipulation to that to that deal. I hadn't thought about that. Um Yeah, what else what else about Trevor Bauer? I guess we still have yet to answer the question that Rudy started with was is Trevor Bauer as good as he showed he is in this 60 game season from this past year? Because one thing that was clear was that the gains he had made with his arsenal looked real based on the, the stat cast data, like the the RPM on his pitches, like everything looked sharper. His location was better. He, he was a better pitcher, but there is a lot of fair arguments to be made with the quality of his competition facing the NL central or the, the NL and AL central couple, couple pretty weak uh, divisions of, of offensive teams uh that he could really really take advantage of uh and and obtain these cy young quality numbers uh you know there's a little bit of both he's clearly not yeah. the same pitcher as he was last year or in the year before even uh when when he was peak bow ba- you know 2019 trevor bauer was a little bit of a head-scratcher because in 2018 he looked like he was legitimately making that stride to be a top top of the rotation guy last year almost took a little bit of a step back or 2019 I should say and then 2020 uh came out and did did what he did obviously won the Cy Young and did it really convincingly so that's that's the question is
1: yeah, I, I I definitely think it's a fair point that the NL the NL and AL Central not, uh, not the best hitting teams. Uh, so fair point. But I think he he had a one seventy three ERA and like a two something FIP, and but coming to the Dodgers, like he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He doesn't have to be because you have Bueller and a you know in a way a, a revamped Kershaw, and you know maybe a price there if they don't. If they don't um, move his salary. You have Urias to start, maybe May Gonzalez. Like he doesn't have to be the guy in LA, which is um, like you know he's not gonna suck basically. So it's nice. And then you know it's like oh he did all that in the regular season, sixty games against the Central, and then he shut out the Braves for seven innings in the playoffs. So there's that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he clearly, like Rudy said, has the The makeup and the the aggressive mentality that makes him a really really good pitcher for a playoff environment um and i i believe that's shown in his track record uh even then he's he's a little bit unhinged in that sense uh but in in a way that teams i'm sure will like if he can get them through the playoffs with well, with even more ease than the Dodgers had this past year. So, yeah, if there's if there's anything else that you have to say about Bauer, we can go ahead and get into the other head scratching deals of the past week. Uh, I I don't think missed any important uh, details about the deal itself. Um, I think it goes without saying that the Dodgers are, without a doubt, the most devastating team in baseball, on. Whether you're talking pitching, whether you're talking defense, whether you're talking lineup, um, that's that's just not fair. So if y'all could chill, it would be appreciated. Uh, so yeah, anything else before we move on? Nope. All right. Well, I so now now I really, you know, I I was really confused about a lot of aspects of this Bauer signing. Uh, after this first deal here that I'm gonna say Marcelo Zunith the Braves four year 65 pretty pretty straightforward right that that's expected he was amazing for them they really need that impact bat to be back if they want to maintain that superstar lineup that they had um not to say that it, it would have been weak without him but um, it just seemed like a good fit that one makes sense the rest of these also cruised to the twins he he finally signed there's no there's no dh in the nl this year all that nonsense aside he signed a one-year 13 million dollar deal the rest of these please help me out colton wong to the brewers is the first one two years 18 million dollars really good second baseman going to a team that has keston hira who <laughs> is a promising young second baseman for the brewers so what what are we doing here apparently hira is going to play first base we know that much but in a in a deeper level. Like why do the Brewers just sign second baseman? Like they did it with Mustakis before too. Like what why are they just constantly signing second baseman and is it something about their team, like that that we don't know about? I, I, just I mean, everybody. Craig Council's
1: a weird dude, so I don't know.
0: Is that I guess that could just be the the answer there. <laughs> Although Craig Council didn't sign. Colton Wong, but i'm sure he uh no i'm sure if asked hey could you make colton wong work uh with this current roster and he's like yeah could probably make that work just move keston hero over um that's pretty much all that i see with it colton wong is a good player and it seemed like there were some other teams that were in the market for a middle infielder uh and he ends up g- going to a team that probably wasn't in the market for a middle infielder Didn't really be. yeah uh this is very similar to like the the simian deal and uh you know any of these other deals where um they're just signing signing guys and and disrupting the positional uh structure of their team all like the
1: top like middle infield like uh free agents went to like very weird places like outside like maybe tom and because like the giants have nobody but
0: yeah yeah i i don't even know if we talked about tommy Lostella to the giants last week but that that's a sneaky good deal too i thought tommy lestella was was a milwaukee bound myself but uh yeah i guess colton wong tommy is well, pretty similar what was players. the tommy
1: lestella deal i think i missed it oh it's a really Three weird deal to the giants but it's like yeah two million this year like oh right, million, right right something million next year like 11 and, 11 almost 12 million in year three yeah he's getting like 60
0: percent right. of his contract in the third year of the deal which is pretty pretty unusual uh if you want to talk about head scratching deals um all right let's let's talk about a trade that really how how badly did either team need to make this trade so the texas rangers send their their friend, really their franchise shortstop ellis andrews to the A's in exchange for Chris Davis I think there's some other minor league parts that move around in here but that's really the the big part of it and like I don't know that's just such a weird deal two players who whose impacts seem to be pretty severely diminished compared to what they were just a few years ago but yeah I was not expecting to wake up and read that one uh, when it happened, so does does any team come out ahead here, or do you think both teams just were like you know what, maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll be better somewhere
1: else. I I think they flipped. I forget what the terms of the contracts of each guys are, but I know one way was a salary dump, and um, and you know the A's get a shortstop. They needed a shortstop with Simeon gone, so they got that. And they gave up, you know, a guy who's, in the years that he hasn't hit 247, hasn't been very good. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see. And they sent away, the other minor league guy for the A's was, like, catcher Jonah Kime. He's a decent catching prospect. I think he might be a top 100, but really nowhere where to play if they're super high on Sean Murphy. So... Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, Elvis Andrews quietly has two years, like, uh, 30 million-ish left, which is, like, kind of makes you question why they just signed Simeon once again. Uh, And he's not good anymore. I'm going to just go out and say it. He just isn't. And I I don't see how he's that productive. Uh, Unless he returns to his, like, 2017 output, I'm going to say he's at best like a slightly above average shortstop uh seems like a lot of money to be paying for like mediocrity um for a team like the a's so i mean he like yes i guess he like hits for a decent average but it's it's about all you're getting from mr elvis and chris davis has one year uh 16 like 17 million left but he also has done nothing in since 2018 it's it's like a poo-poo platter for everyone involved but well i don't get why they just reassigned Simeon. can anyone give me that solution it doesn't make any sense
0: oh oh I, I know this one
2: they're they're cheap but they just took guy he's contracts is cheaper i'm pretty sure or it's one year 18 so it's about the same
0: well, they traded Chris Davis too. They were like swap it's not like they were like you take the difference, right? Pretty much, between those two contracts. Is that uh that's math, right? I mean I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's
2: yeah. true. Then but why yeah. That's a, a so they they're really cheap then basically.
0: Yeah. What you're yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. They're really cheap. I, I was missing a <laughs> I was missing an important word there. Um <laughs> Yeah, Sorry, I guess that does explain it. (laughs) Let's let's just move on. So one thing that I I just wanted to touch on too is a lot of people are talking about how Chris Davis, like in the past years, just absolutely torches the Rangers when the A's go to to Arlington. And I'm wondering how much of that is Rangers fans' optimism. They're like, oh, he just crushes it in Arlington. Like he just loves hitting here. Or if they're not quite understanding that he just absolutely crushes our pitchers who he's no longer going to be facing, it's, it's going to go one of two ways, uh, depending. So, you know, maybe it is just the ballpark that charges him up full of power, or maybe it's the fact that the Rangers have never really sported a, a devastating rotation that, uh, that Chris Davis couldn't handle. All right that was a weird one let's uh, here's another weird one how about dexter fowler to the angels no no well yes (laughs) so dexter fowler who is probably a few years removed of being a a valuable everyday player who's also on a pretty pretty big contract too right um relatively speaking he has one year, sixteen. Yeah, minutes. he only has one so, year remaining. Wow, was it really? It, didn't he sign a five-year deal when he signed with the Cardinals? No. Yeah, it was in 2017. Oh my God, we're old, man. Yeah, that was a long time. We ago. We are old. Anyways, yeah. So, it it seems like I I don't know what it seems like. So the you know Angels.
2: Why? It still doesn't even. He could be free, and I, you wouldn't be able to convince me that you're really doing anything. <laughs> I mean, once again, I, I, I have to, anyone can just fly out and say I'm wrong about this, but like, why pay a lot of money for a placement-level production? It doesn't really make sense to me. For teams that, once again, the Angels are a team that, like, don't just spend unlimited money and they have question, like they, they just love making questionable decisions with, like, where they invest their, their money. I'm not trying to think make Farbeau feel bad because he's not here, but it's like... It's just, it's just strange to me. There's like every season, like plenty of like random no named quadruple boy outfielders. I feel like appear, who like hit pretty well, and you can get some production out of them for like many teams. And I, the Angels just traded a prospect for Alex Cobb. I'm sure you guys already talked about that. Last yeah, week, or, yeah. <laughs> <but> it's just <laughs> the, the rotation just makes no sense, and they have no relievers still, and. i just don't understand. Like, what? Created for Rice What's going on?
0: Why is it like? Why? I am just as confused as you yeah. are. Yeah. So, do you want to do you want to quote from uh Perry Manassian, uh Perry ESPN yes. here. All right. This is on Dexter Fowler. He's an outstanding human being. He's such a high energy player over 162 game season energy is important and this guy brings that smile that energy on a daily basis and we still think he can play we think there's a lot left in the tank the homework we've done he's put in a ton of work this off-season. for him to waive his no trade clause it's an honor so high high praise this is not that's, just like a you um, know what that's basically saying we know we're gonna suck
2: this year <laughs> and so we have to give Mike Trout a friend to make him happy
0: it's, or a babysitter, perhaps. It's that wants smile. It's that smile, I, man. I
1: think, I, yeah, it's that smile. I think they're definitely preparing for Mike Trout to force his way out of Anaheim, and then they'll just trade Joe Adele randomly, too, for, uh, fourth level, for a fourth-line level fourth line starter.
2: And you want to know something? I generally believe that Dexter Fowler is an amazing human being, but that still doesn't make up for the fact that his last full season, he hit two thirty eight, And the season before that, he hit one eighty, And last year, he yeah. hit two thirty three. <laughs> so that's that's him so yeah i I think it's worth noting the the angels
1: are also only paying what five million of that of that contract it's less actually i think it's
2: less he's not a good defender i think the rockies are paying for it right essentially
0: (laughs) no Well, the cardinals are sending the angels uh almost 13 million dollars in in 12 installments of just over a million each is it, making that up or no true? Is that pl- no as part Plus of the, shipping and handling yeah basically as part of the <laughs> trade the cardinals agreed to pay the angels 12.75 million in 12 installments of one million sixty two thousand five hundred on the 15th and final day of each month from april through september because sure okay um anyways but yeah there from what i can tell there's no other now you can get a second dexter fowler for free <laughs> that Shipping and handling <laughs> oh my god like actually there's no because you you ask why would a team take a worse player on a contract like this on well you can see it if you get some prospects or something to help bolster your team for the future um or if you get like money for it i i I don't know but yeah this is this is neither of those things i don't think there are any any other players involved in this deal even were there
1: no I it was, don't just, think so. it was just do you, sending was just do sending the Dexter Angels the, the Angels got Fowler and cash considerations yeah, like, the what, Cardinals just needed to way?
0: the Cardinals just needed the roster space because they yeah, have they, I mean, they the have prom, they have players coming up through the system who they yeah. they have to, to fit
1: on the roster. The Cardinals were basically like, holy cow we're not paying a dime of our contract this year. We can just like pay somebody to take Dexter Fowler and then the Angels were like sure we'll do it yeah really really
0: weird (laughs) all around um i i did promise they would be weird uh and here's one more for you how about chris archer the pride and joy of maybe the best trade of the last decade or maybe in baseball history um going back to the rays on a five million dollar deal for a year uh they the rays really got everything from that trade didn't they uh, of course he was traded to the Pirates for Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows. I think even even one more prospect, right? Who, who's the who's the Yeah. Was the, it Shane Baz? Yeah, Shane Baz. The the long he he is the, the disappointing uh prospect return of that of that deal, and he's still a pretty okay prospect from what it seems like. So yeah. Chris Archer's back oh, too now. So they got everybody. They got everybody. To add, it's actually 6.5 million so
2: i know that makes a big difference but that was my mistake
0: oh okay yeah uh, that that is that is very worth noting um especially especially if this was the a's you'd be talking about they they would have no part in that if it was 6.5 versus 5 million um but yeah i don't do you have expectations do you think the rays are just gonna gonna magically make chris archer a An effective pitcher again. I don't
1: think he was Uh, ever a dominant pitcher. I think they'll get him back to to where he was. They might get him back to where he was when they traded him, which was like, uh, you know, he, he had good strikeout numbers and, but he had like not great. He had bad walk numbers and like an okay, like ERA and stuff. Like he was always sort of, and it, it was, he might be another one of those guys when he came up, he had really like good outings when he first came up and then sort of Leveled out, and then they traded him, like at what at the time was an overpay of three like dynamite prospects, and like you and like we saw what Meadows and Glass now had already done at the at uh, the major league level with the Pirates at least for a little bit, and like that was, and then they just continued to be really really good for
0: the Uh, Rays. All right, well well to be fair, at the time, both of them were kind of sucking wind for the Pirates. Austin Meadows really was not putting it together in his early major league, um, like hitting days. There, he, like it was questionable if he would be able to to find it with the bat. Really good athlete all around, but uh, the bat was a big question. And Tyler Glass now struggled in the major leagues basically his entire career before going to Tampa Bay. Really highly touted in the minors. Of course, he's a freak athlete. Um, but in the majors he just struggled they moved him to the bullpen because he struggled so much uh, and even then like couldn't really find it so but you still, you still they still were still not treated. they were not dynamite big leaguers when traded yeah. they were just really highly touted yeah. prospects who could not find success in the
1: majors yet but you said three really highly touted prospects for Chris Archer on a on a team that the pirates you know are not good at developing talent that often so like to like there's a reason that Klaus Dow meadows weren't playing well and then all of a sudden they get to the raise and they're doing really well
0: like, yeah yeah don't get me These wrong it still made bad. no sense at the time the pirates were not like a yeah. not the not the top of that division they they didn't even look like a contending team really and they traded for chris archer who was already not a verifiably great pitcher because he could never seem to get his era below four had great strikeout numbers but that's about it uh go ahead rudy i'll just
2: say that bringing it back around to what he can really offer before we move on i honestly think like if you look at his profile numbers like he always had an era that underperformed his FIP, and his strikeout numbers were always pretty excellent um so i i think if it wasn't for the fact that he's recovering from thoracic thir- thirac- thirac- thoracic 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 there we go thoracic outlet syndrome he did it pretty
0: horribly
2: and, and it, as, for a 32 year old i would say it's actually like it, i actually really like it as a bounce back reclamation project that injury is pretty bad so i have no idea if you yeah. know oh yeah he's
1: absolutely a reclamation project but like
2: but I, I honestly think like he, you know, had some. He, I, I, the Pirates are such a dumpster fire. I, I'm willing to like look past that. And I actually think he's kind of he's kind of got undervalued. I saw a lot of people reacting saying they thought 6.5 million was an overpay. And I, I kind of strongly disagree with that. I thought it was honestly a great deal. This is a guy who was like, at one point, not too long ago. I mean, I, I guess I'll put it to you this way his career numbers, I'm not saying. This comparison is perfect, but his career numbers are really not that much worse than Trevor Bowers. It's just in reverse order, essentially, of performances. So, it's it, it, for a team like the Rays. I actually think like they should get a lot of uh, points and kudos for snagging a guy like that, who is in his his. You know, it's the same thing with the Yankees and the Klu- Kluber, even though the team situations are comparable. The it's high risk, high reward, but uh, that they're all one-year deals like there there's only there's only really benefit it's not like the rays were signing another potential picture pit, of this much upside for 6.5 million i mean once again the angels just traded a prospect for alex cobb who makes twice as much so i mean it all on. comes back to the angels deal. if you if you if you <laughs> stack any if
0: you stack any any team's decision making up against the angels or the rockies or, or the pirates any teams like that, it's just not fair. Of course, it's gonna look genius compared to those teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I'll say though, like the compare saying Chris Archer to Bowers' career numbers are pretty similar, like maybe over that span, but also like of course the teams are paid for what they're getting in the future. Not. I'm just not saying Chris Archer
2: team. isn't like
0: signing like.
2: I'm just saying you're right it's like I'm not saying it's a great it's a great comparison but I, I just think his reputation is has been a little bit like over dramatic he's like his demise
0: has been greatly exaggerated I'm just saying time. Chris Archer hasn't had a sub four ERA since Dexter Fowler was a Rocky or maybe he was a Cub I mean for some of that time um yeah like it's it's been a long time FIP,
2: though it's been sub four almost every season of his the career, thing about so. FIP
0: though is if it you said it word for word if you, he consistently has a fip that's lower than his era he's it's con, it's consistent <laughs> it's 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 not a it's not a fluke it's it's one thing if if it happens over a shorter sample but he Trevor Bowers also only out. had one
2: season except for last year with an era below 4 though to support my argument
0: oh yeah definitely but like i said like the the, the strides Trevor Bauer made in terms of his arsenal uh we're legit listen (laughs) Chris Archer should have gone three years 100 million okay that's all I'm saying hot takes here I'll beat the shift all right I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for today uh thanks everybody for making it to the end if you did so we appreciate you if you enjoyed it make sure to rate comment and subscribe to our podcast uh yeah, what else, what else do people do? Oh, yeah, you can follow us on social media at BeatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We want to hear from you guys. Like, tell us what you want to hear us talk about. Uh, tell us if you think we're ridiculous, uh, whatever whatever it may be, let us know. And uh, check out our website, BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. Uh, podcasts, articles, everything will be there. And yeah, we are really barreling towards the season. So uh, hopefully some, some additional content in addition to these weekly podcasts uh, is on the way so yeah before we end it as well uh, rest in peace to pedro gomez uh, espn uh well like play, play by paper uh writer reporter like everything right over the span of his time there um like really unexpected loss and yeah he yeah be basically mis-
1: like a baseball reporter lifer
0: yeah um really unfortunate stuff uh but we are thinking about him as well That's it. One last time. Thanks, everybody. As always, Rudy. Peace.